Welcome to Beyond the Pen, the podcast that delves into the untold stories of emerging authors and the literary world. I'm your host, Maccabee Griffin, and each week I'll be shining a spotlight on talented yet undiscovered authors, giving them a platform to share their incredible stories and unique journeys that brought them to the world of writing. In each episode, we'll deep dive into the story behind the story, exploring the inspirations, challenges, and triumphs that have shaped our guests' literary careers, and have some fun along the way. From the initial spark of an idea to the journey of crafting and publishing their books, we'll uncover the secrets that make their stories truly special. But that's not all. Once a month, we'll be joined by an expert from the publishing world who will share invaluable insights and advice for aspiring writers, answering your burning questions, and demystifying the path to success in the literary industry. At Beyond the Pen, my mission is simple, to entertain, educate, and encourage the next generation of great storytellers. So whether you're a writer, an avid reader, or simply someone with a passion for storytelling, Join us as we venture beyond the pen and celebrate the power of the written word. Hello, everybody. We are back. We are here. We are live. If this is your first time being here, thank you for being here. If this is your second or more, thank you for coming back. We have with us Miss Chelsea. Yeah. Or, I am back willingly. <laughs> let her out of her cage. Yes. See, this is just more stuff for like I know. Like I know. That, it's it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect for that lawsuit later on for you. Yeah, <laughs> I gotcha. So one of the things that uh, she made comment earlier, and I can't believe I didn't even think about putting this a, as an idea for merch twos, just put, uh, have the Mac and Chels oh. merch. So we have like a thing of Mac and cheese, but it says Mac and Chels on it. What do you guys think about some merch ideas like that? We got enough material here for you. Give us some ideas. Help us. Work with us. Do something with us, please. Well, no. And then we'll make them and we'll show them to everybody. And then if it's super awesome, then we'll throw it on the website and other people can have it too. And what is that website again, Chelsea? I believe it is beyondthepenpodcast.com where all of our shenanigans are home. And where can they find us again on the uh, social medias? So if you want to join our fan page, it's super easy to remember. It is Beyond the Pen Podcast fan page on Facebook. If you like Instagram and that's kind of your jam, then go to Beyond the Pen Podcast. Twitter, which I don't do. I don't get the twit. Is it twit? Tweets? Tweets? Tweet. Yeah. If you want to tweet us, it is Beyond the Pen Pod. And where can they hear this stuff at? Oh, I see we're doing leading questions. Okay. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, 5 a.m. Eastern, every single week. You can listen to us. Make sure that you like and subscribe and share us with all of your friends because it'll be super fun. Engage with us. Leave comments. Send us messages. We'd love to hear from you guys. Absolutely. And it's one of those things. The reason why I hadn't heard it is because I had such a hard time doing it earlier today. Yeah. I was like, well, you know what? Let's just have her do that from now on. So... <laughs> Today, we are actually going back into the fantasy realm, which, well, mm -hmm. technically we're always in, especially when we're talking with Chelsea, because that's her thing. Mm -hmm. And I like it, too. One of the things we love to talk about when we're dealing with fantasy world is the world building, the 
lore that goes with it? Do you stick with what's out there already, or do you make up your own stuff? And there's a lot of times, if you want to be different from everybody else, you have to make up your own stuff. There's a lot of things that go with that, but we're going to bring our guest on today, Mr. Travis Savart, also Travis spelled backwards, and he's not only a author, he's not only a writer, he's also a voice actor like myself, but in this case, he's the more successful voice actor, I should say. Thanks for being on the show, Travis. We appreciate you, man. I appreciate your face. It's great to see it. Aw. See? See, at least somebody likes my face, you know? I feel like we're really getting into your appearances lately, Mac. Like, we already discovered you have a fans only page, only fan, only fans page. Now you're posting pictures to people and you're you're talking about your hair or lack thereof. Like, I feel like we're getting very into Mac lately. Mac's feeling a little, like unappreciated losing some confidence what's going on buddy i need people to tell me i'm good okay <laughs> the only thing i got laughed remember i have a seven-year-old that ignores me completely i have a 16 year old that doesn't even think i exist unless i have food drinks or money and then my wife sleeps all day and works all night so yeah i kind of need some love here come on now but it's not about me it's about travis today okay so let's you know, well, bring him. I think this. you're very pretty. Thank you. Thank you. See, yeah. Hey, Travis, I mean, you gets can do it. something with your makeup, but you know. I know he went a little too hard on it today. I feel he I, went I, a little too crazy. I did. I added a little too much gray into it instead of you know. But he was, took off the big red squeaky nose, so that's okay. That helped. He did take our advice on that, and he he just embraced not doing the the whole rug on his head. He's just very natural today. I hate you both so much right now. We're going to get him a rainbow throw. I, I thought it was okay. Travis was not a fan. I thought it, it was a definite statement. It's definitely a statement. We just haven't figured out what type of statement it is. All right, Travis. So one of the things we like to do is to get you to describe your book or series in seven to ten words. At the moment of death, the characters are brought into the body of somebody who died in a fantasy world. That is so many more words, but I like it. I like it. It was super dark. Nine. Work with me here. <laughs> if, if you emailed me this a week ago, I could have like edited down. Well, we got to keep you on your toes, right? We got to keep everybody that way you don't prepare and it's not scripted. That's true. We like mm. to keep it real here, ladies and gentlemen, keeping it real. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, is there a way that you can introduce yourself to us and give us something that you're willing to give up. I've had multiple official royal titles in my lifetime, or I should say noble rather than royal. I've only had Okay, so, so what are our titles? I have been knighted. I have been a Ooh. seraph. I was by marriage a duke, and I was king of Ireland for three minutes. Who doesn't want to be king of Ireland for three minutes? I, I do. I, I would love I to be hiking. I want to be knighted. Mm -hmm. Okay, Travis, Phil, how do I become knighted? I'm working on this diplomat community thing, and I feel like being knighted would go a long way. I got mine from an organization in the 90s where there was a guy actually trying to become king of the United States. And it was official within his 
bridge work and laws. The second time I was knighted from the King of Isle of Man. Okay. And he actually had a reality TV show about, I guess, uh, six, seven years ago. I'm going to get knighted. It's on my bucket list. I'm writing it down. Oh, my goodness. Well, speaking yeah. of knighted and speaking of fantasies, mm. let's talk about your book, your book series. And what is it called again? The series is called Portals. The most recent one to come out is Sigils and Satyrs, and book five is due out probably in the next month to two months, and that'll be Towers and Trolls. Mm, interesting. Um, so let's talk about the first one in the series, Beliefs and Black Magics. Let's talk yeah. about the science behind it in a sense obviously we're talking about magic we're talking about fantasy but there is a character mm -hmm. in there that i thought was completely hilarious in 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 my my sense of logic and his name was cogsley if you could for everyone out there could you explain jack's sense of what he does from Cogsley's point of view. From Cogsley's point of view. Now, I'm going to give a little bit of uh, background setup to show how this all goes. So Jack is a time traveler that doesn't believe time is a universal law or force. He believes it's a mental construct of conscious beings. Cogsley is an automaton who works in the time-traveling dimension-hopping tavern that moves through time and space. Cogsley is directly attached to that, and Cogsley kind of runs the place uh, the same way a maitre d' or a restaurant manager runs a place. So he knows what he's doing in the minutiae, whereas Jack has the big plan, and Jack is the one bringing people from one time and place to another. Cogsley is his uh, Alfred to Jack's back. Now, Jack is not a superhero. He's a normal guy who just happens to have ability. And there's a whole another series of books dedicated to him, as well as a separate series of books dedicated to the Traveler's Inn that they travel in. You get a lot more Cogsley in that. But yeah, he looks at Jack as, yeah, this is the guy running the show, but I need to guide him from the shadows or behind the curtain and help him out when he's busy running after whatever he's running after this week. Which explains a lot in terms of the souls, or the essence, excuse me, as Jack likes to put it. He has a thing with not wanting to really say soul or spirit. Why is that? A lot of philosophy from where Jack came from, the time Jack came from, there was a lot of religion, and religion was a bit oppressive. And it was in a modern world. If you look into philosophy, the soul, the spirit, what makes us us? is not our bodies it's not just our minds it's the thoughts within everything that ties those things together and propels them motivates them fuels them and that's what jack is focusing on is these pieces within the grand tapestry of life in the universe are not physical items physical items are passing and temporary so Essence is something he likes to use. So what made you take this per this idea? What was the first thing that initiated the whole idea of the portal series? 
I was 13 and writing it in a five subject spiral notebook and it never went anywhere. Now, about 10 years ago, when I started publishing my own books, I had the concept again and young adult was very hot and I was considering chasing the genres that are hot at the moment, which is something that I've rejected, which is for those out there, probably not the best business move, but it feeds my soul or my essence, if you will. I looked at the possibility of, and if you've ever seen the 1980s movie, The Last Starfighter, this will have some parallels to that. Online MMO, kids playing it, they win a summer camp scholarship. And they go to a summer camp where they learn to ride a horse, shoot a bow and arrow, use a sword, camp out, that kind of thing. It's kind of like a fun medieval scout sort of situation. It was Jack running it in the concept of this story. And then the kids would be brought into the fantasy world, save the day, and then go back to the camp. And I didn't want to move forward that because I, I don't, I want to be able to swear in my books if I want to, or, um, you know, have adult concepts in there. I don't want to cater. I don't mind if kids read it. And I feel kids can read it if there's a certain level of maturity, but I didn't want to cater to the 12 year olds when there's so many more out there. So these two ideas came together and I came up with the portal series. And instead of physically transporting the people, what if they were on the brink of death and then put into the body that was also dying and that energy exchange can heal that body. And now they have a whole different set of skills, hints and, and, and shadows of memories from the body they're inhabiting all while dealing with their own baggage. I mean, it's definitely a different interpretation of a lot of things. So I know I, I'm a fantasy author uh, as mm -hmm. well. So what made you decide to do the fantasy maps? Because I feel like I'm one of the only authors out there that gets the demand for the map that I don't have. I have not constructed one because my realm fell apart. So there's not really a map per se. So what made you do yours? Right here beside me, I have a hand-drawn three foot by nine foot on brown paper map of the main continent, which you see part of in that book. This is something I did by hand when I was 22. I have been playing Dungeons and Dragons since my 13th birthday, and I was poor. I couldn't afford to buy all the supplements in the worlds, so I made my own. And this is that world brought into multiple series. You definitely came to the right spot because we're both kind of nerdy. We're kind of geeky. We love our, our anime stories. We love our uh, fantasy stories. If you yeah. look over my shoulder here, that <laughs> map there is a risk board I made of the main continent. And the boxes below it have the specific pieces, different color medieval armies, etc. That's awesome. That is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. So let's let's get into into a little bit more of your world because when I was looking at that, there was a lot of tidbits of pop culture in there in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. um, anywhere from the the kid uh, using mm -hmm. specific uh, phrases from little things from uh, TV shows and everything. But one of them that I thought was hilarious that wasn't even said by any of the other characters was the statement, 
about an arrow to the knee. If you're a Skyrim fram like me, there's always a statement of that you will hear constantly in one of the uh, one of the villages, and it's in one of the cities. Excuse me, and it is, and I quote: "I used to be an adventurer one day until I got an arrow to the knee." And in this mm-hmm. case, it is the opposite way. As a guard, got it an arrow to the knee. Why? that specific phrasing and what are some other little Easter eggs from pop culture that you've put in there that people will have a chance to find? Why that specific one? Because it's very recognizable to those that know. Now this is a six book series. All six are written. So I may have problems remembering which book had what reference, but I'll give you some general stuff so it doesn't sound like I mess it up too bad. Now, the kid in the fantasy world is like late teens boy with these magical abilities. In our world, she was a 77-year-old woman dying of cancer. So she's got a lot of TV and she's got a lot of history and she's gone through, you know, 70 years of pop culture without much else to hold on to. So she lived vicariously through other people's adventures and and has these quotes and references that she loves. So she's very heavy on it. And of course, there's some pop culture stuff we can always argue about. You know, there's Star Wars references in there. There are references to a lot of different movies. And again, especially from the kid, but Torrance plays off of the kid very well. I really liked that you were putting all of that in there. And I, I'm glad you brought Taurus up, Torrance up, excuse me, because mm-hmm. when you're looking at one of the statements he said and uh, about um, how it felt to be in that body, he made the statement, it was like moving into a place right after someone had left it and they had left some of their stuff still in there made me it made it interesting to me because it was like when someone is being shot into somebody else's body the idea that all those fragments of memories of information still being there while them not being there where did you get that thought process from there are three main characters in the book and they each deal with this change from one world to another in very different ways. And I'll start with the other two. Esperanza fights against it the whole way. She's a devout Catholic who did something horrible at the very end of her life. And now she's in the body of a priestess of the goddess of weather. And she doesn't know how to balance those things. The kid suddenly gets all the adventures that they wanted in our world. So ecstatic, doesn't even want to acknowledge the old world, just wants to live again for the first time. Torrance, on the other hand, he had a good life, but then was broken. So coming to this world, he's trying to figure out why he's doing what he's doing for his entire run of the series. And with that line of thinking, as I saw how other people are handling it, one just denying and fighting against it, the other one embracing it wholeheartedly. Torrance 
had that kind of let's look at this. Like I was a jock, but it wasn't necessarily my thing completely. So let's look at this because I've been questioning a lot of my life. And that's what he was doing. He was looking at it and felt like it was going into somebody's apartment that walked out the door and didn't take any other stuff. You have their favorite books on the shelf. You have their pictures, but you don't have the context for any of these things. And that's what it was like for him to get the memories or skills of the person whose body he was in. He remembers his tribe, but he doesn't necessarily remember the day he left. So what if it was you? How do you think you would mm. feel if you were one of these people going through this situation? As the author, we always create these ridiculous situations for our characters. What if it was you? If you were nearing that point and then you woke up and had this entire thing, would you as the author go, oh, damn, I'm screwed? Or would you embrace it? I would embrace it. In my lifetime, I have moved over 60 times, lived in nine different states, been to, I believe, five continents. But anyhow, I move, I travel. And a lot of the time, it's pick up everything and go to a brand new place where maybe I know one person. Sometimes nobody knew nobody, just started over in a brand new state, a thousand miles from where I was. So with these characters, yeah, it's a little different from that, but it's still the same thing. I love exploring and traveling and seeing new things. And it's, don't get me wrong, I will get a souvenir. I will buy things I like. But in my lifetime, I've come to strongly believe it's not the objects you have in your life. It's the experiences and the people. Taking a picture is better than buying an item. Experiencing something, and quite often when I do travel, I forget to take pictures. I forget to buy something. I'm too busy having the moment of my life at that time. So yeah, if I went into a fantasy world, especially if I went into a qualified, skilled adventurer type body, as opposed to my own body, well, that's a different story because my own body doesn't necessarily have the complete skill set to survive in a post-apocalyptic magical world. I mean, that's one hell of a learning curve. Can you imagine like mm. you were in like today and then you wake up, you're in a different body. There's like, there's basic war going on all around you. And it's just like, no, 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 you'll figure it out. It's fine. Just, just keep going. And it's like, oh, this is so not fun. <laughs> that's <laughs> part of the reason I did that whole the body can go on auto. You know, if the yep. person mentally gets overwhelmed and shuts down, the body still has your muscle memory for running or starting a fire or shooting a bow. Yeah. And, and right. that's one of the other things I was looking at. It's like, because at first I was like, is there two different souls in there? Or is there soul fragments? What's going on with this? Why is it doing it? And then it, it dawned on me. He's like, yeah, just muscle it's literally muscle memory that's living there and that's all that's there even with the information that was for the world and the way that it's ran and and this is something i i thought was interesting and i'm glad you brought up that you like to travel a lot because there is a lot there is a sense of culture shock for for a lot of them you know for mm -hmm. the kid like you said, there's like, I'm just going with it because this is so fun. I'm not sick. Right. I'm not in a bed anymore. I'm young again. 
But it's also the idea that this was a woman that's now put into a little boy's body too, which is goes into right. a whole other ball game of like, okay, how we play that game. But, and that's a, that's a comment for or a conversation for another time. But for right. me, I thought it was interesting the way that you brought in how slavery was looked at from one world to another. Right. How has your traveling given you the sense of not being overwhelmed by the culture shock, but also what's the word I want to say? Um, embracing. Embracing it. Thank you. No, that, that's absolutely it. You've already answered the question for yourself there. I delight in new experiences. Growing up in elementary school, I was one of five white kids in South Florida in that school. Now, eventually it grew because we had the Cuban boat crisis come in. We had a huge influx of Central American and South American immigrants come in. But growing up, I was around all these other cultures. And unlike a lot of people, I didn't withdraw into my own people. I went, you know something I don't. You've experienced things I couldn't. I want to know more. Tell me more. And don't get me started on their food because there's one way to connect with a culture that is not your own. It's go sit at their table. That should be the number one rule of travel. We travel a lot. We go everywhere. And that's the number one thing. We just find the closest person. We're like, where is your favorite place to eat? And like, not like right. touristy, but like your genuine one. And they will lead you around. Like they treat you like family, no matter where you go. I, I can definitely agree with that because I had, okay. I've had ramen before. I love Japanese culture. I do. It's just a, it's a thing I've had mm -hmm. since I was a little kid. I love anime. And there's always a sense that you always see ramen in that in some way, shape or form, especially when you get to the isekais and all this other stuff. And I finally decided after right. I was getting off of work last night, I was like, you know what? I'm next to a ramen shop. I'm going to go get me some authentic ramen. It was definitely different than what I'm used to when I'm thinking ramen. I'm not talking about the packaged ramen either. That's the whole different ballgame right. of stuff. But the flavoring right. itself was so different. It was so odd. But I I liked it in a way. I still there were some things I was like, I, I'm not gonna add that onto it anymore. I love miso broth. It's so good. <laughs> but that, have you both tried pho? Pho? No. P H O Vietnamese noodles. Oh. Go find a pho oh, yes, restaurant run by Vietnamese folks. Yes, I an experiment. It's I haven't I have not had Vietnamese food, although my wife, who when I was uh, in the in the military, uh, she used to be a bagger at the uh, the PX, and a lot of the women that were there were from Viet Vietnam, and they would bring in mm -hmm. all their food. It was community basic. It was hot as can be too. What she told me, not spicy, hot. There is a difference. <laughs> But pho is not necessarily a spicy or hot dish, mm -hmm. just so you know. If you yeah. go to the restaurant, you're not going to be like, oh, I can't handle this. No, you can definitely get very mild stuff, but a lot of flavor. Yeah. How about going and not understanding to different, I know we got way off tangent, but how about when you go to a different country, I'm sure you experience, you order something and they're like, oh, do you want, you know, mild, medium or spicy, like whatever it is. And I'm, I'm a medium person. Like I like some heat, like I don't want to go crazy. 
and mm-hmm. I did it for Pad Thai. That is no joke. <laughs> Indian people, like their water is spicy. And that is no, that, right. I mean, nothing by it, but I was not expecting it. It was my first experience. And I'm like, oh, just medium. And they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, absolutely. I thought I was going to die. Like, I genuinely thought that I had eaten something and it was going to melt me from the inside out. Make it like you're cooking for your family, not like you're cooking for a white guy. (laughs) Because the heat from these ethnic dishes, it's very different from American hot. We we use Tabasco. It's just vinegar and cayenne and it's eh. this other stuff. It's such a different heat because there's flavor with it instead of just burn and, and vinegar. So... Yeah. yeah, I I like I like to sweat when I'm eating certain dishes. I don't. I want to enjoy my food. <laughs> like I I don't want to be like, oh, I'm gonna need a shower after dinner. Like <laughs> I don't want to feel like I'm le- losing ten pounds after I've ate and sweated. Oh no, that's a good feeling. That's a good feeling. But like I live in Florida. No, like, I don't want to be sitting in my house hot and then go outside to cool down. Like that's not how this works. <laughs> I I don't want to be having you know those conversations with a porcelain god either okay oh, just, I get what you're saying. yeah exactly but that being said let me ask you this travis real quick yeah. what types of food would you uh think are in your realm mm. is there a specific culture post-apocalyptic so we're looking we're looking basic and simple and i did your general Western fantasy world. So we're looking at meat and potatoes. They're poor. They they don't even. hmm? Kind of like fallout where like you go and you find, or like seven days diet, you find the cans of food stashed or you got to hunt. Right. Most of it is hunting or there is some farming, but it is 30 years after the apocalypse that takes place in a different series that I wrote. Mm -hmm. So they're rebuilding their world. They're just reestablishing society. So it's almost a, Mad Max and a fantasy world in certain regions that they go to throughout the series. There is a whole town in book five called, or book six, I'm sorry, called Arena. And it's just one large arena with a lot of little arenas that built around it and a tent city that people live in. So there's not a set culture. Now, as you get into, in my world, elves are Afane and dwarves are Rokairn. As you get into there, you'll find more mushroom dishes and things that could be grown underground with the Rokairn. With the Afane, they're almost extinct. They're missing from the world. And in book three and four, you find out more about what happened to them. But then there's the wild elves, the ones that live more like indigenous people of North America, Native Americans, if the term is still acceptable. And those are the Dasisim. They're connected to the elements. So they have a lot of natural foods, and but you'll get a lot more meat there. Whereas with the Torque, which are Minotaur, Satyrs, etc., that you meet in book four, I believe it is, they're a largely vegetarian diet. But I don't explore the foods too much because the world is broken. But I am exploring architecture, new and old as different cultures are rediscovered or growing up out of what was broken. That is true. In fact, even during this time, you're starting to change uh, the slang a little bit too, especially for these, uh, for these new souls like Taurus. He can't even 
curse anymore. In fact, uh, instead of, you know, dropping an F-bomb, he drops a C-bomb and just like, it, 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 when I say C-bomb, it's chuzz. He says, chuzz this a right. lot. And I, I love how you've given them the sense that they still have the ability to curse. It's just in a different way. I debated on, do I want swearing in my books? Because I do swear in my normal course of, of speaking and whatnot, depending on the situation. To make a food reference, I like to think of it as seasoning. You put too much in, it ruins the dishes, and some people sweat and don't want to go on. Uh, but if you lightly sprinkle it on there, it gives a flavor. It gives an emphasis to certain points. But I debated and you'll never lose a reader because your characters didn't swear enough so i went okay i want them to swear but i want to do it this way i want to create a few of my own words mm -hmm. that the the context you can pick out what they are now the logic of this is there are certain words that have lost their meaning for example the f-bomb it is so diverse you could use it almost anywhere for anything. Because of that, it's no longer a valid word. So that was replaced with chuzz or chuzzing in that world because the mind they're in has that word hardwired into their brain. It is no longer a specific word that means a specific thing. It's such a broad spectrum thing that that world's version was wired into the body where that's what they automatically used. And fun fact, I also removed the worst swear word for a five-year-old, stupid or idiot or moron, and replaced that with pempty. I gotta say, if we're gonna do playground, like the playground insult, I had a little kid call me a butthead the other day because I was wearing the same shirt he was, and that hurt. Like that cut deep. He was like, you're such a butthead. And I was just like, oh, okay, you little savage. Like, Plate Good answer, because, yeah, you can't just tell them your parents didn't actually want you or punch oh, right? them. Right. Oh, no, I, I, I thought about it. I'm not going to lie, because you get hostile, right? Like those playground little things hurt. And like I a lot of my my shirts and stuff, because girls don't have good graphic tees. I get it from the little kid section. I get it. He was like six. He was mad a girl was wearing the same shirt. But like I almost and like my mother-in-law was just like slapped her hand over my mouth because I was about to be like, listen here. Yeah. No, playground insults hurt. Oh, my gosh. Well, remember, with small children, just next time you're like, you only say that because I wear it better than you. And walk away from them. Right. And be like, I'm sorry. Maybe it's a girl shirt. Did you ever think of that? Because, you know, little kids are very sensitive about that. I thought about it. I was about to be like, dude, how do you know your parents are even your parents? You're adopted, bro. I, I, I can definitely say that... Um... Yeah, we don't we don't want to have Chelsea around little kids because uh, she's going to make them cry at least at some point. No, it's weird though because kids love me. I love kids. They're always obviously I'm an adult. Like I'm not a good adult. I act like I'm still like 13. Travis, it's been great having you on the show. Um, we're going to finalize this episode with a few of the. Um, questions we always ask our authors first off what is your writing kryptonite my writing kryptonite is too many things too many i wrote a list and i pinned it to my wall this morning of 
books to complete because I started Kindle Vela series and I was recording those to podcast one episode mm-hmm. per podcast. It's gotten to the point where I just listed everything that I've already started because like the Vela Kindle Vela series, for those that don't know, it's episodic and you post each episode. And my plan was when I had a complete story arc, pull it down, turn it into a novel. I have eight things on my list. And that's just what I actually have substantially worked on as opposed to the other ones that I have ideas. So I really have to self-discipline and go, you're not allowed to play with a new toy till you finish with the old one, or you don't get dessert till you finish your dinner, whatever thing I have to tell myself. That's my writing kryptonite. That's a really good one. I think that one gets overlooked so much. Everybody's always like, oh, if there's music or a loud noise, but no, overwhelmed. Having a million different things and wanting to keep going, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that too. Okay, so is there a certain song, a quote, a person in your life that continues to support you and inspire you to continue writing? So many people, everybody. I live stream my writing process. I have done writing podcasts of my own and just the people I interact with that enjoy writing or enjoy my writing or both, that helps. Uh, my wife, Andrea, she's super supportive and helpful. My son, who's now into adulthood, is offering to do cinematic trailer videos for my books. And all these people with these little bits of encouragement that means next to nothing to them. It's it's my world and my reason to go on. Though if nobody read a single word I wrote, I would still write. Because I just love making stories. I just don't want to go through the time and money of editing it and getting covers if nobody wants to read it. (laughs) But I would still write them. That's the real struggle. That is. That's the real struggle. Marketing. Uh, I'm getting started. We've already (laughs) talked about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and finally, what is next for Travis I. Savant? (laughs) Shall I grab that list? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the Portal series, I'm working up to book six and then pausing on it because you know, I've never actually stopped writing on a series if there's something more there. So five is in the final edits, six is written, and then I have to go through the rough draft and clean it up, but I wanted to let it rest a bit. I'm recording my whole back library to audiobook and narrating them. I have like eight so far, and I'm about to publish my 36th book, so I have things to record. Uh, After that, the Silver and Smith series, that I have book one and two out, and I'd like to go to six on that. And then I want to return to my epic fantasy series and expand on that. Plus all these other smaller things that I've mentioned here and there. So, yeah, I've, I've got a list, and there we go. Oh, and... This year, I am focusing on scheduling and free time instead of working from the time I get up to the time I go to bed. No matter how much I enjoy that work that I'm doing, I'm making myself do other things, too. Yeah, we, we have to find that. All of the good points, like, yeah. just knocking out. I like it. So where can people find you? Where can they find your books, all of your craziness, your novellas? Super easy. 
you go to travissivart.com, last name, same as the first, but in reverse, or on any social media, just look for Travis I. Sivart. Across the board, everything except the live stream. That is hidden behind a few layers on my website, but you can find me live streaming it so you can hang out and chat while you write or come harass me about my books. And But with that, if I am writing, I, I do practice discipline and make sure I don't spend all the time chatting instead. Yeah, because, you know, talking and writing doesn't always work well with a lot of people, that's for sure. No, and also I found as your skills increase, you understand the value of blocking everything out so when you reread what you wrote, you can turn very fast into swift and other such things. It's it's where you create those magic sentences that when you're reading a book, you go, God, I'm just right there because of this one sentence with that feeling or that visual or whatever. And those things quite often don't hit the page the first draft. There where you find a delicious moment and you go, I'm going to add some seasoning to that and make it something incredible. You know what? I, I'm that. That's it. We're done. We're, we're, done. we're done. We're done. That, that. It was lovely, Travis. You knocked us out. I don't know if there's anything we can say to possibly top that one. It was just, yeah. Tell me you had a good time. It was wonderful, Travis. You're an absolute delight. We are definitely going to have to get you back on here to find out about if you completed your list. If nothing else, if you completed your list. <laughs> Thank you. There's always something There's else. always something else to attach to that. Absolutely. Thank you again, Travis, for being on here. We appreciate you so much. I appreciate you guys inviting me. It was a blast. And I'm Until a next time, Travis. Until next time. There you go. Until next time, Travis. What do you think? What do you think? I think we learned a lot. Like, I mean, it obviously I'm sure people are going to be clamoring because portal, the portal series is a lot of fun. Like he said, there's, I think there's five, four or five out right now. He's mm -hmm. finishing up his sixth one. So if you're a binge reader, you have plenty to go after. And I, I mean, who doesn't love fantasy? And, and again, that's just one of his series. He has multiple right. series out there. Yeah, so. I think he has five or six. So check him out. He can't go wrong. Give new authors a chance. And even though he's not a new author, he may be new to you. And authors love it, guys. Come on. And leave reviews. Exactly. Especially leave those reviews. Because this man is doing nothing but marketing those books in between all of his writing. You know, mm -hmm. and, and we got we got to help him out there. You know, he's helping us out. We help him out. You know, it's a thing. It's a thing. Chelsea, where can people find us again? Because you do it so much better than I do. <laughs> All right, guys, we are done for this week. If you want to catch us again or follow us, go on to beyondthepenpodcast.com. We are there with all of our previous shenanigans, upcoming announcements, all of our fun stuff. You can also join our Facebook fan page, which is super simple, Beyond the Pen Podcast fan page. Can't miss it. Follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast or tweet, right? Tweet, tweet. Yeah, you can tweet us at Beyond the Pen Pod. I don't know if people follow on Twitter. I don't know the deal with Twitter. I, I, I don't do socials. But every single week on Tuesday and Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern, you can get more of our shenanigans. So make sure you tune in, like, share, and subscribe because we might have some fun, exciting news and giveaways coming up. 
That's true. We've got a whole lot of things that going into play right now. We are working with getting some. Don't share secrets. Fine. Sorry. Gosh. <laughs> but to keep them wanting, coming back for more. That's true. That is very true. And of course, you know, keep coming back to us because that's the thing that we want to want to do right now. Because we love talking about this stuff. We like allowing you guys to learn some stuff, allowing you guys to just be part of our world. And we're happy that you allow us to be a part of your world too. So mm -hmm. until next time, folks, keep writing, keep inspiring, keep sharing and unleashing your creativity. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's video on demand and live stream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.